Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss these Denver Nuggets as they had an off day on Monday, got to enjoy the fruits of their labor as they had a 3-1 road trip, didn't have a game on Tuesday, they have a game tomorrow. So today, Tuesday, they practiced for the first time in a while, it had been just a little bit. And honestly, as the season goes along, Denver's had an early part of the season where it has been road heavy, but they just haven't had a ton of practices, which is interesting. That'll change in January, February, when the back-to-backs start really kicking into gear. I think they have six back-to-backs in January alone. So they're going to stop practicing at some point And it's important to take advantage of these moments while they do have them, because this is how you get off to a good start. This is how, when you're a focused team, you take the opportunities that you can to get better. And I think that Denver has done a pretty good job of that so far. Michael Malone at practice today, he spoke, he said the practice was good, that they didn't do any live stuff, but that uh, they went over some things. They tried to get some good recovery for the players and after all the road trip. But they're going to go into this New York game pretty focused, hopefully. It is one of those tough things that the first game home after a road trip tends to not be as good. Because when you're a player, you're seeing your family, you're you're just enjoying being back home. So I've got to imagine that it can be tough at times to really focus in on the next game. But it seems like these Nuggets are pretty focused. It seems like this team has grown up at least a little bit. So I'm going to talk about that in the first segment, talk about some of the practice quotes, some of the stuff that I found fascinating in that first segment. And then in the second segment, we are going to go over... I did a, I did a podcast, not a stream. I did a podcast earlier, uh, right before the season began, on my best bets, kind of the over-unders podcast with Anil Piro. I listed a variety of the ones that I thought would be really good, And so we're going to check in on those. We're going to check in on those teams and say, hey, Ryan, are you a nincompoop? And did you uh, make us lose money? Or do you know something or or two? So we're going to go over those, kind of try to keep myself accountable. But let's start with practice. Practice notes. You had Michael Malone speak, Christian Brown spoke, and then Michael Porter spoke as well. I don't have all of the quotes that they had Uh, I didn't find it necessary, I don't think, to uh, share everything. But I will start with Malone. His basic sentiment has been that he's proud of the team at this stage in their kind of time. 
having as many road games as they have, they've had nine road games so far, just four home games. It is tough, especially in the NBA, when you're kind of just going from city to city, bouncing from city to city, just always on the go. It's tough to overperform in those kinds of situations. So it's nice for Denver that they've gotten out to this good start, and Michael Malone wanted to give them some credit for it. Uh, He said, I asked him about if he had learned any new things about the team on this trip. Like, it's a three-in-one trip. You do pretty well. What did you learn? And his main quote there, quote, obviously Boston was the one game where we weren't prepared to play against a quality opponent. But when you can win in different ways in this business, that usually bodes well for you. You can win close games. You can win when you're behind. And to have a game like Chicago at the end of a long road trip, just to come out from Jump Street and play all the way through at a high level was tremendous. He gave a lot of compliments. He talked about his team. They haven't been perfect. They've had some injuries. They've had some COVID absences. Uh, The defense hasn't been probably where it needs to be, but they are shooting the hell out of the ball. And that has kind of papered over some things, I would say. But it also is kind of just part of their identity now. I think I'm going to write about this on Wednesday and talk about just how the Nuggets have turned themselves into the best shooting team in the NBA. That's part of their identity now, I think. It's not necessarily just, oh yeah, this is obviously going to regress. It probably won't stay at 43% from three for the entire year, but could they be at 41? Yeah, I I think so. So we're going to go through that. Uh, But he talked about winning in different ways and finding new opportunities to win. And I had spoken about this a couple days ago that when you can win in a variety of different ways and in some ways that Denver wasn't able to win last year, That really bodes well for both your regular season record, but also your adaptability in a playoff environment. So Denver's learning those lessons pretty early on here, and I think that's a pretty good sign. Mike Malone also said that he's trying to reinforce all of the things that have helped get the Nuggets off to a good start. Said the players deserve a ton of credit for being 9-4, and uh, and he listed despite a lot of roster change, reintegrating Murray and MPJ, a tough road-heavy schedule, things like that. Obviously, in that quote that I shared, he lamented not being prepared for Boston. Later in the in the conversation with media, I thought Adam, Adam Morris, asked him a good question about just what stood out in that Boston game. And Malone highlighted the focus, the physicality, the aggressiveness as areas where Denver can be better. And it makes sense. Uh, Boston, I think, approached that game with a playoff mindset where you had to get into Nikola Jokic, you had to get into Jamal Murray, into Michael Porter, make them work for just about everything. And Denver, I don't think they made Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown work hard enough in that particular matchup, so kind of made it easier on them. That'll change as Denver improves as a team as they kind of take these next steps. But it is interesting to hear that. It is interesting to know that, okay, that is part of the process for this team. I think they will figure that out, but it does take some time. On the Michael Porter, Jamal Murray stagger, uh, those guys, they flipped the stagger in Chicago when Michael Porter was going off. 
and Jamal actually staggered with the second unit that night, Michael Malone said that Bruce is going to come in at that six-minute mark for either Michael or Jamal, and I'm paraphrasing on this one. It's been Michael every night, but because of his great start, I kept him out there and put Jamal with the bench instead. And it was more of a feel thing for him. Not necessarily a major plan thing, but if you're critical if you're critical of Michael Malone, if you're critical of in-game adjustments with Michael Malone, which I think a lot of people are, that was an in-game adjustment that I don't think got a lot of pub, that got a lot of credit from everybody. Honestly, I think if anything, when that quote initially came out after Singer asked him the question in Chicago, I think a lot of people were pretty critical of Coach Malone. That he was uh that that what how could that not have been the plan in a situation where you didn't have bones? How could you just get to that on accident? Is what a lot of people thought. Michael Mullen's not usually one to overreact, and I think he's shown that over the course of basically seven years with this Nuggets team, that he's not going to overreact to the small stuff. He's going to let it play out. He's going to try to give his guys a chance. But in this one, where Michael Malone or where Michael Porter was really showcasing just how great of a hot streak he was on, thought it was great that Malone decided to stick with them. Because we've seen in previous games where Porter has like eight points, 10 points in the first quarter or something like that. And then he'll go to the bench and be the first one taken out, despite the fact that he's been the only guy scoring with that starting unit. So I'm glad that Malone can show some adaptability there and that Denver has the versatility and the personnel to be able to handle changes like that. I think that's a great thing. But I do think that that will probably shift a little bit when Bones comes back, when the full healthy rotation is back. They'll probably lock into something a little bit more sturdy. But it is interesting to think about both of those lineups in different ways. Malone also compliment, or com- commented on Michael Porter, saying, quote, this is full quote, I can count on one hand the number of shots he's taken where you can say, that's probably not a great shot. His willingness to space and move and cut without the basketball has been tremendous. Defensively, he's disciplined. He's giving forth effort. He, or I told him, I said, that's all I ever want from you. If you try and somebody scores on you, so what? And honestly, that's great. I think that's a that's a great relationship for a coach to have with a player, where you give them the credit for ask for doing the things that you ask them to do. You give them a little bit more leeway in terms of the shots that they can take, in terms of the sometimes he'll go outside the box at various points, but you're allowed to go outside the box a little bit if you've shown a strong willingness as he has to lock in on the defensive end, to take good shots. And he has been very focused in terms of trying to be the great teammate that he can be. And so I'm glad that Malone is saying that, that he is focused in on that and that he's crediting Michael Porter with that. Moving to Christian Brown and then to Michael Porter after that, I'll go quickly through these. Uh, Brown was at, he was asked what the vibe was once they had secured a three and one road trip. He said, quote, let's go home. There's not much talking. Everybody wants to go home and see their families. Uh, he laughed at that. Like it was, it wasn't, it was pretty funny and not necessarily so serious, but 
Christian is learning how to handle the road, how to navigate those situations where, oh man, you're you're back for one day and then you have to go back out on another four-game road trip and you're always traveling and you've got a game every other day and it's got to be pretty tough. It's one of those things that it's not really talked about until you get into the moment and then somebody asks the question and they're like, oh yeah, that's definitely a thing that rookies have to figure out. He said, uh, actually, I asked him about the uh, like how he's handling the road trips. Let me see if I can find the quote here. Uh, yeah. On learning on the road, uh, quote, the travel and everything has obviously been new to me, but everybody has been really professional out here. They handle things the way we're supposed to. Like I said, we went on our road trip, had a really successful one. Like you said, we have more to come. A lot of road games, but a lot of tough teams. Quote, we're going to keep getting better. Just be prepared for every game mentally. I think that when our focus is there, we're one of the best teams in the NBA. I think he said we're obviously one of the best teams in the NBA, which you can't you can't fault the confidence. There's no doubt that Christian Brown is a confident dude. Denver does deserve to be confident. Like there's a, I guess a full understanding of like you can be hype, you can be very uh, confident, but don't necessarily be cocky, especially at this stage. Because the teams that are cocky at this point in game 13, they very rarely succeed. Like it, it honestly is one of those where you're peaking too early. It's very rare to have instances where you peak at this level and then you can peak again in the playoffs. So it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. But Christian's definitely learning. He's learning how to operate in the road context and he shared the biggest difference between playing defense in the NBA versus college, and it's kind of a surprise. Uh, it's not having the same amount of time to scout and run through different sets and tendencies. He said, quote, it's a focus thing. It's a pre preparation thing. I think that's fascinating. I think that's not necessarily something that people think about all the time, but it's clearly true. It's clearly something that he has focused on that if you want to really lock in on the scouting report, it's hard to remember everything if you've got 24 hours. And they try to give the players as much time to read the scouting reports as possible. But if you're a player and you're leaving an arena and flying in somewhere at 2.30, you're probably not really focused on the next team when you're flying. And you're probably not really locking into that scouting report until later in the next afternoon. So you don't necessarily have that much time. You've probably got 24 hours. So if you've got a back-to-back, -back, it's probably even, it's obviously even less. So it's interesting to think about. He had another quote on what was different about the Boston game. Uh, Adam asked them this, thought this was a good question. He said, quote, I think the two games that have stuck out to me are the Golden State game at Golden State and the Boston game at Boston. That's the difference between college, too. In college, you don't have to create your own energy. The fans, everybody's loud. Everybody's cheering the whole game. Sometimes the crowds aren't into it. But Boston's and Golden State's crowds, they were really amped up. They were really highly anticipated games. I enjoy playing in those environments. I think those have been two of the most fun games for me thus far. So... Christian's definitely wanting the energy. He wants the Nuggets crowd 
to be as amped as they possibly can. Obviously, he hasn't heard as much amped up stuff because he's uh, like he's been on the road, so he hasn't been able to experience the Nuggets crowd a ton. Uh, hopefully, there's a good crowd for the Knicks on on Wednesday. We'll see. It got a little bit cold today, and it's been snowing, so we'll see if everybody can get out there. But hopefully, so hopefully everybody's amped up. And finally, Michael Porter. On if he's asking for the honest feedback that from Malone, Michael Porter said he will give it to me regardless. He will give it regardless, which is hilarious. That is definitely Michael Malone's personality trait. He'll tell you no matter what you want to hear. He will tell you what you need to hear. Porter on how he can replicate the defensive game he had in Chicago said, quote, just the effort trying to be in the right spot, knowing that you're knowing who you're guarding, trying to study the players a little bit, trying to be more intentional. And on if he prefers road or home games, I asked him this one. Uh, he said, quote, I don't really prefer one over the other. You kind of get in a better schedule out of uh, being on the road. It's all about basketball, sleep, recovery. At home, there's a little bit more going on off the court, which Porter is definitely a guy who strikes me as a, like he's a gamer. He's a, or not a gamer. He's a, he's a full-time hooper. There doesn't seem to be a lot else that he's trying to do while he's being a professional basketball player, because this is his profession, but it's also something that he really loves. So he's a worksman. He's a craftsman. He's definitely trying to be the best version of that that he can be. So taking away the distractions, going on the road might've been the best thing for him, to be honest. He also said that he liked the that Malone flipped his and Jamal's rotation in Chicago, that he was going to go up to Malone and say something about it, but he did it in Chicago anyway. So everybody's kind of on the same page there. It seems like everybody's doing pretty well, um, but it does seem like the team maturity in general has been really good. This team's got a lot of grownups. They've got a lot of people that are vets and the young players like Christian Brown, Bones Highland, Michael Porter, those guys have grown up too. They're young players that are learning on the fly, but are learning to be about the right things. And I honestly think this comes from not just like having more vets, although that definitely helps, but taking on the personality of your best player. I didn't give Jokic credit for his effort and his leadership in October, but I'm obviously going to give him credit for November. Like he's been great. He's been fantastic. And setting that example that everybody is sort of leaning into, everybody's following, that's a great thing. And it shows to me that the team is very locked in, locked into exactly what they need. I do think that it says a lot that Jokic was very willing to take just four shots in Chicago as long as he got everybody else involved and the team was successful. And having that personality... Having a guy who is willing to do that, a superstar who doesn't really care about his own numbers, but is certainly trying to achieve winning, that helps everybody else out. It helps everybody celebrate the successes that Michael Porter has, or if KCP's going off, then they'll celebrate that too. If Christian Brown and Bones Highland are going off, then the the older guys are getting in there area too. And then if Jamal Murray's going off, everybody's coming to his uh, celebration. There's no doubt about that. So this team is professional, and they're also 
seems to be a certain calm and quiet confidence about everybody right now. There isn't a lot of talking. There isn't a lot of, oh yeah, we know we're great. There's It's just very workmanlike, which that's what you want. That's what you want, especially at this stage. Like I said earlier, you don't want to peak too early. You want to really focus in on getting better, going through the process, and realizing that the NBA playoffs are five months away. So take your time. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss... Um, we're going to discuss the best bets. We are going to go through the over-under podcast that I had and talk about the best bets and kind of check in on what's happening with the rest of the league. But first, as everybody knows, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Football is back and nobody is more excited than your friends at Superbook. They are bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this fall. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. Back, pickaxe, and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. If you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Five stars, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. That would be fantastic. All right, let's wrap this up. We're only doing two segments today. We are going to do the best bets. Uh, if you remember, I went over the over-unders from Superbook on this podcast with Anil Apiro pre-season. I was actually a I was sick during that thing, and it was it was horrible trying to get through it, but I did my best and cut out all of the coughing that I possibly could. But uh, we move. We definitely move. We are uh, doing great. I recommended seven best bets based off of the numbers from Superbook. I thought the numbers were pretty good. Uh, the, the lines that they set were pretty good, but there were some that I thought stood out that, hey, if you're, if you're making a bet – if you're trying to figure out which of these are going to hit, then here are the seven that I would lay money on. And so I, I laid out seven. I'm going to go through them now. I'm going to go uh, talk about the team's current record and their point differential and if I think that this was a good bet or not in retrospect. So start with the top one, the one that I definitely thought was going to be uh, pretty easy. The Los Angeles Lakers, the bet was under 44 and a half, which means that they'd have to go in order to exceed that and go over. They'd have to go 45 and 37. Right now, their current record is 3 and 10. They have a point differential on cleaning the glass, which factors out garbage time, of minus 5.9 points per 100 possessions, which basically equates to about a 26-win team. So if you ask me if that was a good decision, yeah, I definitely think that that was a good decision. The Lakers are obviously always factored in to be better than or on the market than what they actually are. The Lakers fan base is so large that you know that they're going to be optimistic. You know they're going to go over 
on pretty much every number that you set. So I have no doubt that this was a like like this was a great bet, and it's going to continue to be a great bet unless the Lakers decide to trade Russell Westbrook for Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and if they could get anything else, then great. But right now, I just don't see a way that they could actually exceed what I put out there. So interesting levels to this, but this one I thought was pretty easy. Next one, Washington Wizards. Uh, The bet was under 35 and a half. So in order to exceed that, they'd have to go 36 and 46 to hit the over, 35 and 47 to hit the under. Right now, they are eight and six. They are they have a plus 500 record, though they have a point differential of minus 1.6 on cleaning the glass, which kind of equates to about a 36 to 37 win team. So 36 to 37 win team, the bet was under 35 and a half. So the line was, it was pretty good. It was a pretty well set line. Right now, they're playing above that. Obviously, they've won a couple extra games based off of what their point differential should actually be. They should probably be six and eight as opposed to eight and six, but that's how you go over. That's how you exceed expectations is sometimes you're better in the clutch or like some of the losses that you have are big and some of the wins that you have, you don't necessarily have a massive margin in those, but you get the job done. So sometimes like you can still exceed it, even if your point differential isn't great, but I think they're going to come back to earth. Honestly, like if, if I had to bet on it, we will see. But right now, they have the 24th-ranked offense and the 13th-ranked defense. This doesn't really strike me as a great defensive team. They've got in the starting lineup that they have, it's Monte Morris, Bradley Beal. I think they're starting Kendall Gill, if I'm not mistaken. Kristaps Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma. So they could go bigger. They have Daniel Gafford. They've got Rui Hachimura. Uh, They could go smaller with DeLon Wright, Will Barton. So they have a good mix and match of different people that they can go to. However, I just don't really believe in it. I think that they'll probably fall back to earth at some point. And right now, Beal and Chris Tapps are playing pretty well. What happens if they don't? Uh, That's, I think they probably kind of pulled the rug out from under them if if I have to guess. Now, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, this one... Same line, bet was under 35 and a half. Current record for them, though, is 4 and 11, as opposed to the Wizards, who are 8 and 6. Charlotte's point differential is way worse, though. They are minus 6.0, which equates to about a 26-win team. Now, Lamella Ball missed like the first three weeks of the season, so it's hard to basically say, oh yeah, they're definitely this. They are definitely this version of themselves. Lamella missed some time. They can definitely exceed that, but in order to go 36 and 46, they would have to go 32 and I guess 35. Yeah, 32 and 35 the rest of the way. Which so they basically have to be a 500 team. I'm not sure if they're that. I'm not sure if that's what their level is and if they have the personnel to even do that. Lamelo's a good player. Like he's he's not an all-star, but or actually he was an all-star last year. I don't think that he really deserved to be. But he's a good, talented young player. The problem is, is that they just don't have a lot around it. 
Gordon Hayward is now missing games. Uh, Mason Plumlee is one of their most reliable players. I just tend to think that the rug is going to be pulled out from under them at some point too. It just seems like like it already has kind of happened that they're they're on track to be a worse team because of their point differential and because of kind of where they stand. Their offense ranks 29th in the NBA. LaMelo obviously missed some time, so that will probably rise, but their defense ranks like 20th during that stretch too. And I'm not sure LaMelo helps the defense that much. So it's going to be interesting. I'm thinking that they will probably finish the year with about 30 wins. That's what I projected them around, but still not great. Next, the Miami Heat. Uh, this was an interesting one because I think I'm I'm not sure if I was by myself with this, but it definitely felt like it was kind of a, a hot take. The bet was under 49.5. Lots of people thought, actually, I'm not sure if this was a hot take. I think the next couple were hot. Under 49.5, their current record is 7-7. Seven and seven. Point differential is plus 1.4. So they're on pace for like, in between a 500 and 45 win team. So like in between 41 and 41 and 45 and 37, somewhere around there. Now, does this look like a good bet right now? Absolutely. This looks like one where I was kind of prescient, where you understand that, hey, this is going to be worse for this team than a lot of people expect it to be. Now, the Heat were great last year. They were very, very good. I think they won like 53 games. And they deserve that. They played really well. Their defense was fantastic. Their defense is not fantastic right now. They are 13th on offense and 15th on defense. It's not really the profile you would expect from a Miami Heat team that has predicated themselves on defense. But Tyler Hero has been in the starting lineup. He's been injured a little bit lately. But they did get a good win over the course of, like, I think it was uh, was Monday night against Phoenix. So, uh, Jimmy Butler got a clutch stop on Devin Booker in crunch time. So maybe they're going to be fine. But I do know that those guys, Jimmy, Lowry, Bam, they're all averaging 35 plus minutes per game. Kind of shift your perspective on that to what the Nuggets are doing. The Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is leading the team with 31 minutes per game. KCP is averaging 31 himself, just like point one under. MPJ's at 29, Aaron Gordon's at 29, Murray's at 28.7 already, which is great. Uh, But yeah, Denver, they are in a completely different spot where they are not having to overplay their guys. Miami is going to be overplaying their players because they don't really have the same amount of depth. They don't have the same group that they can turn to going forward. So they strike me, Miami does, as a team that's struggling to stay afloat. Maybe that will change going forward, but it wouldn't surprise me if they finished at like 47 and 35, 48 and 34, and this looks pretty good. Uh, three more here. You got Memphis, Toronto, and Denver as the other three. Memphis right now, I had my bet as under 50.5. So the current record. For Memphis right now is 9 and 5. They have a cleaning the glass point differential at plus 2.8. That equates to about a 48 win team. So they are kind of on pace for that, despite the fact that 9 and 5 looks like a pretty good record. Uh, but this is going to be close. This is a this is a close one 
where you know that if Memphis kind of gets off and gets rolling here, then they could rattle off some wins. They're a regular season kind of wins machine when everything's going their way. They don't have as strong of a bench unit, I believe, as they did in past years. Let me just kind of try to go look at their stuff on the fly here. I want to go look at their play-by-play stuff. Um, Yeah, Tyus Jones, minus 9.2 points per 100 possessions on, this is basketball reference, just a quick visual here. But so their starters have been great. This is different from years past. Their bench has not been great. A lot kind of changes when you don't have Kyle Anderson, you don't have Jaron Jackson who can stagger with the second unit. This is a new group, so they are trying to figure some things out on the fly, and yet they're 9-5, and five, although their win profile does not look good. Uh, some of the wins that they've had, uh, they've won over various teams that are not necessarily playing well at that point. They took advantage of the Brooklyn Nets, of the New York Knicks at various points. So you play the teams that are in front of you, and if you win, that's great. They are getting back Jaron Jackson Jr. soon, but they lost Desmond Bain to a big toe injury, and he'll be out for at least a couple weeks. Desmond Bain has been unbelievable, so if you don't have him, then maybe you lose a game that you probably should have won. Maybe you lose two or three games that you probably should have won. So we'll see where that kind of evolves to, but this looks like a pretty good line, honestly. They'll probably be right around 50 games. Toronto, the bet that I had was over 47. Their current record right now is 8 and 7, so hasn't been spectacular, but the point differential on cleaning the glass has been plus 2.2. They've had some blowout losses, but they've also had some really close losses. They've kind of underperformed in my estimation. This was a this is a pretty good line. Looks like a good good line for them, but Toronto at this stage Scotty Barnes hasn't been the player that I think a lot of people thought he could be. The lineups with uh, Gary Trent Jr. are not great. They like to play their tall, switchy ball and not necessarily uh, the same brand of basketball that, uh, what's his face? Yeah, Gary Trent doesn't necessarily, like he doesn't necessarily fit into that scheme. So it wouldn't surprise me if they move him at some point. They are currently 12th in offense and 11th in defense. So they're very close to being top 10 in both, but it doesn't seem like they've had both of those things line up at the same time, where they, they're successful on both ends. If I had to bet on this like right now, I still think that they get over 47. I still think that they figure that out. It seems like there are a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference that aren't necessarily up to snuff at this point. You've got the two elite teams at the top in Milwaukee and Boston. But other than that, who's really playing well right now? Not a lot of teams. Uh, Atlanta, I think, is playing pretty well, but other than them. I think that Toronto, they're going to be fine. They have a really good formula here where OG Ananobi has played like a defensive player of the year candidate. Pascal Siakam has played like an MVP candidate. Fred Van Vliet, still very good. Scotty Barnes will probably be better. Christian Coloco for them has been really good, so... It would not surprise me as their defense improves beyond 11th going forward, and they play just better and better defensive groups kind of lock in, but we'll see. We'll see if they can kind of figure that out. But finally, Denver. Last one here before we leave. Uh, The bet is over 52 wins. 
which means that Denver would have to be 53-29 and 29 in order to make that work. Denver's current record is 9-4, and four, so their record is on pace for that, but the point differential on cleaning the glass, just plus 3.4. That equates to about a 49-win team. So not necessarily great, not necessarily above the over 52 threshold. Does this look like a good line? I think it looks pretty good, but kind of like Toronto, you've had some blowout losses that kind of weigh down the point differential a little bit. Denver's four losses so far, you've got Utah in the season opener, you've got Portland where Anthony Simons just got hotter than the sun, you've got the Lakers game where that was a Sunday game in LA, so uh, in retrospect, doesn't look that bad, and then you've got the Boston game, and it's just those four games that have that Denver's lost, so it's not really a surprise. They're still on a good pace, Murray and Porter. They're improving by the day. Denver's still trying to figure out some new folks in the lineup. They're trying to figure out their bench. They'll figure some things out. They'll probably have to make a move at some point. Like we've, we've talked about with the with the bench unit and trying to figure out what the best fit is. Wouldn't surprise me if the fit for Denver's bench is not even on the roster. They're going to need to find a player in the second unit, most likely a big man. That can just play every night and you feel really good about it. I don't think you feel really good about any of Jeff Green, Zeke Naji, DeAndre Jordan right now. You got to feel good about it. And so if you can lock somebody in, then that would be great. But Denver's also kind of a notoriously slow starting team. They'll hit their stride at some point. They play a lot of home games in December, January, February. So we will see what it looks like. But I would take the over still. I still think that Denver gets above this line, that they get to 53 wins. They'll probably even get close to somewhere like 54, 55, 56. But 53 just to be safe, that seems fair. All right. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I will be back tomorrow when Denver, they play the New York, the New York Knicks on Wednesday. They are going to play that game. I'll have a recap for you on milehighsports.com, as well as a recap podcast for you on this platform. Should be good. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support, as always. We'll talk to you guys very soon.